honest conversations with interesting people. Hi, I'm Mike from the Genuine Chit Chat Podcast, and I talk to a wide variety of guests across an eclectic range of interesting topics. People I've spoken to include a magister from the Church of Satan, a blind Australian filmmaker, a puppeteer from Labyrinth and Dark Crystal, and I also speak to musicians of all kinds of genres, authors, actors, podcasters. Really, there is no limit to who I speak to, and the subject matter is endless. So if you believe in the art of conversation and want to hear different people talking about their passions, then this is the perfect show for you. You can find Genuine Chit Chat anywhere you listen to podcasts, and there's some video versions on YouTube, so there's no reason not to tune in. It's a kind of magic. It's a kind of magic. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Indie Comics Spotlight, the show where we do a deep dive in an ongoing series or graphic novel from a company other than the big two. Um, and this is one of those ones, Hidden Gem shows, where it's just me talking to myself. Hello, everybody. Um, so I, I stumbled across this book. Um, and, you know, I, I read it a little while ago, and I kept I kept going back and forth, like, is that a hidden gem? Do I want to do this as a hidden gem? Do I not want to do this as a hidden gem? Here I am. So obviously, I made my decision. Um, it's, it's a book called Hap Haven. It's from Oni Press and it came out, um, a couple of years back. It's, it's written by Norm Harper and it's drawn by Louis Joyce. Now I'm not familiar with either of these folks, but I am familiar with, um, Oni Press and Lion Forge. And, um, as you should be, they are excellent, right? Oni Press and Lion Forge, they put out all the good stuff. Um, what I like about them is they've got the two different lines, right? They've got, um, the Oni stuff is the more adult stuff, right? That's where you're going to get your, um, your YA stuff that might say fuck or shit or whatever, you know, show side boob or something. Um, I know it's always side boob, isn't it? Maybe there's some junk too. You never know. Um. Uh, but that that's going to be your Oni Press. But then your Lion Forge is your middle reader kid stuff. And um, yeah, I, I think I think uh, it's nice that they're able to do that. They're able to just differentiate the two. But what I like about Oni Press Lion Forge is that it's all good, right? It's all good stuff. So um, it, you know, I, I really I really like the idea that. Um, that a, a, a company can do that. They can they can have two distinct identities. And I know DC has really really worked on that over the years. You know they have the the black label, um, which used to be Vertigo, and then they've got the regular one, and then they had the Wonder Comics for a little while. You know those had their own problems. Um, whatever. I'm not here to shit on Wonder Comics, but then 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 they have the kids stuff, and I actually think what DC Kids does is great. And the, they've been doing these like retelling YA lines, which are really good and really interesting. And I think um, this is kind of the sweet spot for that. It's like middle readers, like maybe you can drop a shit, right? Maybe you could say damn or something. So, you know, you're you're getting a 12 and 13 year old where you're like, ooh, ooh, you said a swear. Um, I'm going to put the kids in maybe some uncomfortable situations. They're going to have to do it. They're going to go on some adventure, right? Those middle reader books are all heroes' journeys and on purpose, right? Because who's the target audience? The target audience are kids who see themselves as heroes, who want to see themselves on the pages 
of the comics. They want to um, they want to be the hero in their own story. And so these middle reader books, you know, especially like the those DC ones, those DC YA retellings, you know, where the you know it's like the Harley Quinn breaking glass. She's like fourteen and. And the Ivy one that I just read, I think she's 17 in that and Zatanna's maybe 16, 17. And this idea of, you know, we're going to do that. But, you know, Oni Press and Lionforge in particular, they've been doing this. They, they kind of cornered the market on this and it's really good stuff. And so there's rambling. I understand this is what happens when you get a hidden gem. I just kind of talk about it. But what I like about a good story, um, these a good hero's journey story is they are truly all ages. It's a middle reader book. The book that I'm going to do, Norman Louie have done. It's, they've got a fee, two dudes doing a female protagonist, a mixed race female protagonist. See, that's where you're not going to get that. I mean, DC, Marvel, I'm not pretending that they've, they're whitewashed. They have their characters of color. They have, but this is like, you know, th- these these indie comics, the reason that I give the chef's kiss to indie comics is because they're like, oh, we want to make sure everybody's represented and we don't have to worry. We don't have to, you know, run it through the algorithm. We don't have to screen test it. You know, everybody's saying this whole Batgirl thing that's happening. And the reason that Batgirl's getting pulled is because the screen tests didn't go well. Boobity boo. Well, who'd you get? Who'd you get? A bunch of like toxic fanboys to sit in the room and be like, I don't like it because women or I don't like it because brown women or well, she'd be mixed raced in that because, you know, the um, J.K. Simmons would have been playing her dad. So whatever people. So but with these indie comics, they're like, yeah, yeah, we don't focus group. We just we just tell the story we want to tell. So here's these guys. They got I got this really cool story to tell. And we're going to tell it. So uh, and I've got a hero's journey. So our hero is this mixed race girl called Alex Mills. Um, and her dad died. Um, when she was like eight. So she's like 13 when we meet her. And um, her dad has has raised her to believe in um, superstitions and to believe in um, jinxes. And so she literally won't step on a crack. And she she carries this old wooden bat that her dad gave her, kind of like the natural. I don't know if you've seen the natural. If you've not seen the natural, really, what a movie. Um but, you know, it's like that kind of handed down. So she's got this bat. She loves baseball because her dad loved baseball and he taught her how to play and everything. And um, she's really close with her dad and then he dies. And so, you know, it's not like she and her mom hate each other or anything. It's not like that. But it's like she just her mom doesn't really get her because her mom wasn't part of the whole history of the Mills family. And there's this old like the great grandpa who's called their great great grandpa, maybe Zane Mills. And he's got this curse and her dad. Alex's dad has told her all about this. So she believes in all this stuff. And like, there's don't you got fish hooks mean something. And this means something. And there's all this kind of crazy shit that goes on. And, um, and her mom's like, don't believe in it. It's all nonsense. And they get into a fight as teenage girls and moms would do um, uh, on her 13th birthday, of course. Um, And uh, so Alex, she's like, her mom's like, Alex, don't be ridiculous, whatever. So, and again, spoiler free for these for these uh, hidden gems, but but Alex steps on a crack and she breaks her mother's back. And so now, haha, she has to go to the end of a rainbow to this mystic place called Hap Haven, right? And this is the place where all the superstitions are real. Oh, and she has to go get a rabbit's foot. And look, this book is so good; it flies by. Um, 
I, I, I am totally engrossed. It is, it's a, there's maps. There's a, there's, a, I love, I love a book that does that. A book that like throws you right into the, like the story, the world exists. So like we get the setup, right? The world building is done through the conversations between Alex and her dad and all this and the backstory of Zane and all this other stuff. And like, she even talks to Zane, right? She's like, okay, Zane. But then once the story really starts, like that's all in the, prologue and then once the story really starts it starts chapter one there's a map of hap haven right so we see it and there's like all these words are laid there so it looks very middle earthian and there's like there's these mountains and these these mountains and there's this farm and there's these plains and these ruins are over here and everything's named and um then at the bottom of this map there's like a book holding it down it's so well drawn oh it's so cool because it feels old like there's texture on the side of the map and then at the bottom it says a history of Haphaven by smidgen stonewick what a name smidgen stonewick so then at the beginning of each chapter we learn more about Haphaven, right so as the story progresses and um alex has to get to Haphaven to save her mom um and there's like a leprechaun yep 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 seriously um and he's pretty cool. And they meet other, they meet tons of amazing characters. Um, um, the big thing that lives in Hap Haven is the Jinx. And so as you go in, and so then like you get to chapter two and there's the map again. And now there's like a page, the history of Hap Haven by Smidgen Stonewick. And it's like entry 249. And it's, so then you get a history of it, like written in text, but instead of it just being done in a way, like a lame way, where it's just like, we're just going to have a page of text. It makes you feel like it's there. There's like these ruins drawn on the document that's ripped from the book. A little bit closer view of the maps. You're like, oh, I can see that. Oh, I see there's a river that goes there. And what does that mean? And it doesn't look like there's a lot of roads. So how do they get around? Oh, but there's a bridge. So what does that mean? So like you're, you're now zoomed in a little bit further than you are. It's clearly the same desk, but it's so cool and it's so intricate and done in a way to really make you want to believe. So this is a book about um, about belief, right? It's a book about um what do you believe in? And so it is, it's an adventure story. It's a hero's journey, but what a hero's journey is. I mean, yes, there's the, there's the Joseph Campbell stuff. And Seth and I recently talked about Joseph Campbell on our Celery Blue show. And, you know, the, you know, obviously Star Wars, all my nerds, where's my nerds at? Um, that's all hero's journey stuff and everything is that, but, but there's always part of the hero's journey is often there's a faith in something. You have to believe in something. You have to lose your belief, right? And then you have to find it again. And so that's what goes on. So even though she's in Hap Haven, she doesn't believe and she does believe and she doesn't believe in herself. And, you know, she's got a God, all the things. It's a true hero's journey. It's just, I'm not, again, I'm not going to, all I can say is you fucking need to read this book. You need to read this book with a 10-year-old and with a 15-year-old. And if you're 50, whatever. You should pick this book up because there's something for you in here. We all have a belief system. We don't, whatever it is. So like you may believe in um, whatever, I, you know, you may believe in God and you're a Christian or you may be a Buddhist and you may, or you may be a Hindu or you may be a Muslim, whatever. So you've got a belief in some sort of higher power, but you may also believe in like whatever your weird superstition thing is with your sports team, right? Like if you wear this shirt, then your team is going to win. Or if you sit in a certain seat, your team is going to win. And, and, or 
you may believe um, you may just do weird things. Like when you're like, "Uh Oh, I don't want to jinx it. And then you touch wood, which of course is a th real thing in this book. So we all do these little, little weird things without thinking about them. And some of them are just, it doesn't really matter, but some of them actually almost become obsessions. And so there's a conversation in here too, about of how faith, belief, and obsession um, are all next to each other and how you have to grapple with those to go on your journey. Right. So, so, faith and belief and obsession can lead you to great things, but they can also lead to your downfall. And there's a really fine line between faith and obsession, right? Or belief or, or, you know, what's your ritual? So you have a ritual say, like, I, you know, I, I don't know if you guys watch any tennis, but like Rafael Nadal has, has a ritual that he has to do before every time he serves the ball and he has to do it or he can't play well. And it's his way that he calms the voices in his head, which I, I totally get, right? We all have those. I've got the, you know, the monkeys throwing shit in my head. So everybody gets there. You you have a thing that maybe you do. And so there's a line between, well, it's a thing that I do to calm myself or it's a thing that I do because I have to. And then it goes from belief to, to obsession to the point where like, I can't function without it. I recently read um, Marky Ramone's uh, biography and he, he goes into detail about Joey's obsessive and compulsive disorder that was like debilitating to a point in time where one time they drove all the way from the airport back to Queens and Joey was freaking out. And he said, I got to go back. I got to go back. I forgot something at the airport. So the, he lets the rest of the guys out and the manager drives him back and Joey just gets out and he has to kick the curb. He has this weird thing about kicking curbs when he crosses the street to the point that when he's in Italy, at one point he gets hit by a car because he keeps walking back and forth because he can't, he can't undo. So that like literally like his, his belief that he has to do these things in order to get through his day also can become an obsession and it become harmful. So this book asks us about that. It asks kids, this is the thing too, because it's, it's again, it's for anybody. You can read it at my age, you can read it at whatever you age are, you could give it to a 10 year old. Um, you know, it, it may scare some littler kids, but I do think that Joyce's art style is, 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 makes it a little less scary, although there's some kind of heightened images, but it's like, if you liked Goblin, um, which I which I covered on here and and Jack did an amazing review uh, of Goblin on his WordPress site. Um, it's that kind of uh, book, you know. It's 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 middle readery. It's scary ish. Um, that too is a hero's journey. So, but um, the the thing that that they're asking little you know not little kids but asking kids to say is like what do you do? What are the things that you do that you believe in that that could be harmful to you? And so it's it's an excellent way to open up a conversation to have with with kids to say, okay, think whatever they're doing at school. You know, it's kind of one of those things. Like when I was a kid and it's a joke, it's almost become a trite. You know, if everybody was doing it, would you, if everybody's jumping off a bridge, because right? people would just be like, everybody's going to the blank. And the fill in and the response as well, if they were all jumping off a bridge, would you too? This is about that. It is a, because Alex doesn't really have a ton of friends, but again, she still has like an obsessive belief in something that can cause her harm. So, what are the things we believe in? How can they harm us? Well, I have to be nice to the mean girl. I have to let that person be a bully. I have to unquote, you know, never question the rules or I, or I always question the rules. And it's like, not all blanks are blank, right? That's one of my least favorite things that my students do when they write papers is the all blanks are blank argument that can only get you in trouble. And so this book is about that. It's like all blanks, blanks, being so obsessed and so invested in one thing can be bad. It can burn you out. It could harm you physically or mentally, emotionally. It can do real harm 
And in this book, Alex is faced with all those harms because of her belief is so strong and it's so, um, she's so full of passion. But then you have to say, and again, it's full of contradictions, which makes it a good story, is when, but you want passion. Passion is also good. Her passion saves her at the end, but we have to temper it, right? Like I read a lot of books. I talk about it all the time, how many books I read. I love reading books. Probably I'm obsessed with it to the point there's other things I don't watch and there's other things I don't do, but it's not like I don't bathe. It's not like I don't work. It's not like I don't, I just sit, I mean, sure, if someone wanted to pay me a full salary to read books and listen to audiobooks like a real salary, I would do that. I would do that as a job. I love it. I love this. I love sitting here and talking about it. I would do critical essays. I, you know, I do this for free, but it would be cool if people paid me, right? All of us on the Comics in Motion family, like people paid us, that'd be sweet because we all have a passion for it. Mike says on his show, Mike, genuine chit chat, okay? always says it's a passion. Podcasting is a passion for him. I write, I always want to write something new and create new art and people who make art, actors, singers, all the people who are on Mike's show and all the people who are on the in Comics in Motion, we all have a, a passion and, and we let that passion drive us. But it's like, listen, not all we do. Right. We always say, oh, if we all had millions of dollars, we'd all podcast every day because it's really just an excuse to hang out and do nerdy stuff and talk to each other. But it's also true. We would if we could do this as full time jobs. I think most of us would because we find there to be joy there. But we also would still say, well, I still have to read the thing. I still have to watch the thing. I still have to participate in the other thing so that I can make the show. Right. I had to read this book and sit there and process with it and think about it before I could come on here and talk about it for any stretch of, of time. Um, and, and, the, and, you know, so, so that's what you have to consider is, um, is what is passion? When is passion good? When is passion bad? When does it get in your way? So I bring up the reading thing because I read so much, but again, it puts me behind. There's a lot of stuff. There's just things I haven't seen. I don't know all the cool stuff anymore, but that's also a choice I make. I'm okay with that. Like I don't feel, I don't have FOMO when everybody else is saying, oh my God, have you seen Prey yet? I haven't seen Prey yet. I do want to see Prey. I'll get around to it. I wanted to read a book first or I'm watching Sandman. And so I have to like prioritize. I, I don't want to like at our house, we only keep one streaming service on at a time. And we always have Prime because we use Amazon as a service. We always have Peacock because we have Xfinity Cable. So that's two streaming services that we just get as part of a different service we're using. We don't pay extra for those. So those are always on. That's two streaming services. So then it's like, well, I can't have all the services on because I have cable. Like We actually watch a lot of sports nuts. So we have cable. So we don't stream our TV. I mean, you know, we, we actually watch it. We may record it, watch it later, watch it live. Um, so I don't, I only, like right now I have Netflix on. So I'm watching Sandman. I'm catching up on, up on some things. I don't have Hulu on. I could turn Hulu on. I, I watch Prey. And Max and I were talking about that. He's like, you just turn it on for a month and then turn it off. Totally true. But it'll still be there when I get there, when I get there in a month or two months or whatever. I could, I, you know, I, I think I got this thing in my email. It's like, get a free week of Hulu. I could totally do that. But then it's like, well, I turned my free week of Hulu on, but then I'm not, I'm, but I'm paying for Netflix. And I want to watch Sandman and I want to catch up on that. And uh, my wife and I are watching the Gilmore Girls because we never watched that. So we're having a good time there. So again, it's like, it's 
I'm rambling, but the point is you, you pace yourself, right? You, you, you make those lines, you, you make your own personal delineations. And so my passion is reading books. My passion is writing. My passion is doing the show. My passion is all these other things, right? My personal life passion, hanging out with my wife, you know, we sit and we read, we, we watch shows together. We make sure we stop because we're both at home all day. So, you know, we stop at a certain time, come out of our offices. We have like our own rituals that we do things we do at certain times every day. And we look forward to that. It's like, Oh, catch up on your day and then go back into our offices and close your door, do whatever. And that's something I'm passionate about. And I don't let it define me. Sometimes I have to skip it. Sometimes I have a meeting. Sometimes I'm at home. Sometimes she has something she has to do, but we try, we make that effort. And so we're passionate about time together. And so we make that time, which then means we don't do other things right and 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 everything is a, a give and take and you have to ask yourself so you're asking your kids that right you see those kids like if the kids who are reading this you could say well what what drives you is it important to you that you become a world-class footballer or a world-class basketball player or a baseball player or whatever how much time and effort do you want to give to that there's this amazing book it's called range um and uh what's his name david epstein and he has this whole argument like the Roger Federer way or the Tiger Woods way where like the Tiger Woods way is like he trained to be a professional golfer from age of four and he became the greatest golfer of all time where Roger Federer's mom was a tennis coach and she wouldn't teach him how to do tennis. She made him play tennis and soccer and all these other things. And so then he grew up to be the, you know, arguably the greatest men's tennis player of all time. Um, who, who knows? Someone will probably surpass him. But again, you go back to, I, I mentioned Rafael Nadal, tennis player. He's got his obsessions. He's got his things that he does. He's got his rituals. But he also could have been a professional soccer player. He was that good at soccer. So, And that's because he didn't put all his eggs in that one basket, right? But he still had to make a choice. He didn't play 50 sports. He played two. He had to decide, well, where am I going to spend my time? I mean, think about professional athletes, the stuff they don't do that regular folks get to do. Um, you know, they get to sit around regular folks and like have a beer and watch the game. Well, most professional athletes aren't sitting around having a beer, watching the game. They're not eating a ton of pizza. They have to have a specific diet, you know, like the rock is always like doing stuff. I mean, and saying like, you know, I haven't had this in this long and he'll go on a talk show and eat an M&M because he hasn't had one in 20 years. Well, that's why he looks like he looks. So people are like, Oh, I would never want to live like that. But he's also, you know, a billionaire almost, you know, so that's the choice that he makes. His passion is his art, his his business endeavors, his family, all of that hinges on the back of him looking like the rock, right? Um, so he has to do the things that he does, and that's a passion. So is it good? Is it bad? And so that's a conversation that this book, Cap Haven, which is about superstitions and is about a hero's journey and is about a girl finding herself and figuring out who her family is figuring out what to believe in and what not to believe in and the power of belief and the power of 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 passion, how it can work against you. It's all wrapped up in this amazing 150-page book from Lion Forge for Children. I loved it. I really loved it. And um, I had to, like I said, it took me a while after I, I read it because you get caught up in stories like this. You know, it's definitely pays a love letter to The Hobbit, to Narnia, they're on full display there. And I love the Hobbit series. And I, of course, love the Narnia series. I read that in kindergarten because I'm that nerd. Um, I love those books. And this plays homage to those, but also makes it its own. So there's lore, there's fantasy, there's humor, there's a little bit of terror. But then there's this underlying message. So Hap Haven, 2019's Hap Haven, Norm Harper, Louis Joyce. Listen, I would say 
everybody should get spend some time. It's on Hoopla Digital, the unofficial sponsor of Indie Comic Spotlight and Comics Emotion. So get on there, read it, enjoy it. If you want to send me a message about it, my website is arfarina.com. You can send messages there. You can be like, hey, I love Tap Haven. Or you could be like, Tap Haven suck balls. Tell me both. Tell me either way. Um, I just think it's fantastic. And so um, I think you should go read it. I appreciate you listening to my um, hidden gem. This is definitely hidden gem. You didn't hear of it. I know. Um, But now you have. So go out and read it. Read more books. Read amazing books. Pick up books that have um, characters that you may that don't look like you, and find characters that do look like you, and read all those books. It's so good. Um, it's really fantastic. So um, I feel like the only way we can end is with Michigan's own little Stevie Wonder. Thanks everybody, and I will see you next time. <laughs>